Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, what a wonderful time uh, of worship, you know. The word I exalt day. Thank you so much, Mel, for, for this song. I was I was here worshiping and, and, and praising him. And, and one other thing that I was thinking, I say, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if she could do that song again. But I say I didn't, I didn't spoke to her, so I leave it. But I want us to this morning. I spent a week really reflecting on on the Word of God, and 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 there's so many words that I wanted to share. But there was one particular word that the Lord spoke to me uh, in this season, and it's about the blood of Jesus, the precious blood of Jesus. And I think that Alina touched on it very um, during the communion. But before we do that. You know, I feel his presence here this morning and I want to spend a little bit of time just, you know, praising him, just worshiping him, just telling him how much you love him and, you know, how much, you know, how much love pour out towards him. So I'm going to put some music on and while we do that, let's begin to pray. Let's begin to, to, to really to raise our voices, you know, and I, I would like if possible, you know, you don't have to do it, but if possible, you can put your camera on you can put your microphone on and i just want us to begin to praise him you know i can't i can't enter to this time or share the word without bringing praise and thanksgiving to our, our lord because truly he deserves all the praises deserve all the honor he deserves all the glory that's why we're here this morning doing service whether we're doing service in in churches whether we're here um online we're doing it because of him because of who he is so i want us to spend some time really praising him and, and then worshiping him for a couple of minutes so please feel free to raise your to uh, open your microphone open your you know your 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 cameras and just let's begin to to worship let's begin to bring it into our midst because you know like i said <laughs> you know there's nothing we can do without him nothing nothing at all thank you jesus Oh Lord, you are truly great. You are awesome. You are wonderful. And Lord, without you, we are nothing. Lord, we just want to worship you, Lord, this morning. We just want to give you glory. We just want to give you all the praise because you deserve all the praise and all the honor. We are so thankful and grateful for this sacrifice that you made on the cross for us. Lord, we're so thankful that you dare even look at us. You know, this wonderful song, Amazing Grace, a wretch like me. Father, we want to praise you this morning. And Lord, I commit myself to you. You know that I cannot share this word unless you speak through me. So Lord, speak through me this morning. And release your words to myself and to all of us today. Release the prophetic word this morning, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, I surrender. I surrender all to you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, sometimes you've, you've got you've to just uh, really worship and, and, and love him. You know, just tell him how much you love him. Sometimes even in our prayer time, you know, and it's not about praying. You just say, you know, daddy, I just, I just love you. You know, I just want to be with you. I just want to be in your presence. And um, this morning, as I share the word, I may stop in the middle. You know, if the Lord, I believe the Lord has given me a word this morning, then I may stop and, and, and just deliver this prophetic word. You know, I want him to be in control this morning. So just open your heart and, and receive what the Lord is saying to us this morning as a church. You know, we've been in a lockdown for over a year now. It's been interesting the way things uh, have been. But you know, the things about human being is the capacity to adapt to any situation, any circumstances. But even then, it is tough. But then when we look at Jesus, for example, you know, and, and I wrote this, no one mastered the art of dealing with difficult people and difficult situations better than Jesus. And that is the truth. The way he dealt with men, the way he dealt with difficult situations, I don't think anyone can compare it. When we look the fact that all the Romans wanted to silence him, we looked at Herod wanted to kill him. Even when he was a baby, they wanted, wanted to get rid of him. Pilate washed his hand off him. You know, the leaders, the Pharisees, the, the Sadducees, all of them, they invite him, they invite his wisdom and so on. Even his family at the time, they thought he lost his mind. It was a very precarious situation. The people he was born, the Tannin people, you know, they wanted to stone him to death. Even Thomas doubted him. What about Peter? Denied him three times before he was crucified. And then Judas betrayed him. The soldier, the Roman soldier, beat him nearly to death. And the crowd shot and sheared when he was crucified. I tell you what, I can't even think about what he has to go through. For you and I can receive the eternal life and the communion back to God. You know, if it wasn't for what is done on the cross, there would be no hope. You know, we'd be wasting our time meeting here this morning, celebrating, praising. We'd be wasting our time trying to reach out to the nations or our neighbors or work colleagues or family members but there's hope you know i love this hope that jesus has given it um my wife was say she watched the passion of the christ um i don't know if anyone watched the passion of christ if you are you can put your hand up in a chat on and so on and mel gibson you know, from a Catholic background, I think he had a revelation, some kind of revelation of what Jesus went through in the last hours before he was crucified. And the theme was very graphic and it depicted the last, the final hours of Jesus. But even what we've seen in the Passion of the Christ, 
doesn't even come close to what it has to go through in that sense. When we look in um, a scripture, and I want to turn, if you can turn to 1 Peter chapter 1 from 18 to 19. The word says this. The New King James Version says this. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your hemless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And the NIV version says this, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life and then down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. We understand from the scripture that the blood of Jesus is precious. As a matter of fact, I'm not a doctor at all, but I know that if you drain the blood out of a human being, it will die because the blood carries so much, so many functions the blood serves in the actual natural body. This is how God made it. Beside uh, carrying oxygen and taking away dioxide, beside carrying nutrients to the different parts of the body and to the brain, you know, responsible for the circulation of everything. If you drain that blood out, the man dies. This is why when people lose blood, they need transfusions to be able to stay alive. But the blood of Jesus is precious. In my early years as a born-again believer, I heard the scriptures, I heard the songs. There's, you know, one of those songs that I used to hear a lot here says this precious, precious blood of Jesus shed on Calvary, shed for rebels, shed for sinners, shed for thee. Precious, precious blood of Jesus ever flowing free or believe it or receive it is for you. That precious blood was shed for each one of us. Whether we are believers or not believers, whether we are from a different background, whether we're from a different religion or belief system, when Jesus shed his blood on Calvary, he shed it for all of us. All of us, without exception at all. Now, why is blood is so precious? Why is it so precious that I think today I felt in my spirit to really talk about it? Because I felt it was important for us to understand what it represents, not only during communion, but through our lives, the way we live our lives, so important. Do you know what? The number one thing, there's so many reasons, but I, I, the Lord specifically asked me to speak about three, four reasons maximum today. If I have time, the first one, it brings redemptions. And that's the very, very important part of it. The book of Ephesians 1, 7 says this, and I turn to it. 
in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace this is wonderful most of us know the story of the fall of man in the book of genesis we know that satan came to Eve, adam's wife in the form of a serpent we know that he deceived her into eating the forbidden fruits in the garden of eden he pushed eve to disobey god in that sense and we know that adam followed eve and ate the fruit and he stayed to rebuke the attack and the plan of the enemy of satan instead he decided to accept what satan was saying and disobey god and we know that when he did that something happened and i think sometimes we're not telling that story enough the implication i was saying this in relation to the word of god and going back to the scripture in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace and i was mentioning about the story of adam what happened this story when he gave up to his sin when he ate the fruit something happened he bowed his knee to satan adam turned over the authority that god has given him remember in the beginning god gave him authority and dominion over the plants of the earth over the birds and the animal everything on earth was under adam and eve authority when he ate the forbidden fruit when he disobeyed god in hand over his authority the key of the earth he handed over to satan he made satan the illegitimate ruler of the earth and from that day everything changed with one sin to another with one trespass to another death was passed to all mankind the bible confirmed this in the book of romans chapter 5 from verse 12 and it says this therefore just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and the death spread to all men because all sinned the earth everything it was sudden cursed and man was separated from god because of sin now you think that that we can't fix that that's unfixable now of, of, of course adam didn't know what he was doing at the time but the consequences of disobedience brought sin brought death we got to remember that in the garden of eden adam and eve were immortal they were living in constant fellowship with the father they were covered by the father as a, matter, as a matter of fact the bible said that they were naked and not ashamed because they were covered by the glory of the living god the bible speaks that god we go in the evening and meet with them in the cooling of the day we come and meet with them when they sinned what happened is they saw how naked they were because the glory of God lifted them because of sin. God and sin can't be in the same place. 
At that time, the only thing that man could think was to cover himself. And he used fig trees to cover themselves, to cover their neckness. Sin has already entered. By the time they ate something, just happened. When we look at today's situation, man has always tried to fix the problem on earth. Death on earth. We have seen many scientists trying to reverse the effect of death. Man has always tried to fix the problem of the earth. Today, as we hear along, we've got a lot of people talking about climate change. Very interesting. Trying to defy death. But God has a plan. From the moment Adam, Eve, enter into a sinful state, God has already made provision for it. And I want to tell something to someone this morning. As, I, I'm, as I'm sharing this word, I'm going to give this prophetic word to someone here. And I want to tell you this. Regardless of your situation and what you're going through, and I'm not going to mention the name, you know who you are. Let me tell you something. The Lord told me to tell you right now that he has made provision for you. He has already made provision for you. You have to believe it. You have to walk in that provision that he has made for you. He told me to tell you right now, do not fear, for I have made provision for you. I have made your path straight. Walk in it. Walk in it. His redemption was God's marvelous plan. It was the same for Abel, for Moses and Noah. It would be through the shedding of the blood. That was the first shedding of blood was established in the Garden of Eden. When God killed an animal to cover Adam and Eve's sin. And until Jesus came, that was a custom. The covering of sin will be through the shedding of blood of an animal. We've seen it through Abel. We've seen it through Noah. What about Abraham? And so on. There's so many stories in the Old Testament that depict this shedding of the blood. But this great redemption, great plan of God for all mankind and I said it again it is for all mankind it is not for a group of people it wasn't just for the Jews it was for every person this great redemption plan for eternity could not be accomplished through the blood just of an animal it has to come from the son of God his precious blood has to be the great redemption. Because of the magnitude of the sin, it requires an extremely great sacrifice. Only Jesus could give that sacrifice. <laughs> when I think about 
the precious blood of Jesus, this great redemption, the blood that washes every sin away. At times, I feel like to cry because I'm looking at my life and I say, you look at me, daddy. Are you so me worthy to be saved and to be redeemed? And this is what he says to you. You are so worthy to me to be redeemed and to be saved that I am, I was, uh, that, that I gave my son to die on the cross for you. Everybody know this scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he goes on to say, for God did not send the world so the world to become them and the, the world might be saved through him. Is the only savior of the world. And he didn't come as a superhero that come with his superpower and then just remove everything that everything is scared of. No, he laid down his life for us. This is how powerful the blood is. The blood of Jesus washed every sins away and he made you clean and pure. And it's so interesting what it is. When we understand from the scripture, from the whole Testament, the word atun is used in connection with the blood of animals shed for sacrifices. And I mention it to atone somebody is to cover, but it only for a season. The blood of animals could merely cover the sin. People were still under the power of sin until Jesus came on the cross to pay the price for us. Hebrew 9.13 to 14 says this. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the hashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean Sanctify for your purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered him without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead work to serve the living God? It's like a clean slate. Every sin that you have committed in the past. Is clean, is washed away. When God sees you, He sees the blood of His Son on you. You are forgiven, you are accepted. And we've got to take the truth of what a precious this blood of Jesus is for us. The other thing that the blood does as well, it sets us free from the curse of the law. Of sin. What curse are we talking about here? Death, sin, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, depression, anything bad that we can think of. We are cleansed, washed away, and free from the curse of sin. The Bible said uh, in Roman, the book of Romans, that the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through christ jesus 
we're born sinners. But when we receive the blood of Jesus, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are now become son and daughters of the living God. I was reading this interesting analogy, and it's really quite interesting. And I read it to you guys. It says here, when our favorite sport team wins, we say we won. And I, I, when he said that, I, I thought, what do you mean? Because it is true. For those who support a sport team, whether it's football, rugby, or whatever, when a team won, it's like you won. But it's different. Because even though you think that you won, you don't kick a ball with them. You haven't scored a ball, you haven't defended, you haven't tackled, you haven't done anything. But you think that you won because you support this team. Do you know what? The difference is with Jesus. Is when Jesus died on the cross, you die with him. When Jesus rose, you rose with him. And when Jesus, when the Bible said that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, you also will partake of the goodness of God in heaven. We, Paul said, the Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. Listen, guys, we are heirs. We are son and daughters on the living God. We have the blood of Jesus, which means that we are his son. We are his daughters. In that sense, mean that everything that God has given to Jesus is also given to us. We are blood related by Jesus. When you look into the royalty, and I'm going to use the expression in American queen, they are blood related. So which means that when the queen passes the baton, Prince Charles would be ruling. And if Prince Charles doesn't rule, then it would be one of his sons because of his blood relation. Their families. And what Jesus did on the cross is brought us back to where Adam and Eve were at the beginning. Where they were in complete, not only fellowship with God, but hairs. So you've got to rejoice. We've got to rejoice that whatever Jesus asked, we have also because we are hairs. We belong to Jesus. Everything is ours. Everything that the Father holds, we own it. Because of what Jesus has done on the cross. It's nothing to do with us being great. It's just to do with what Jesus done on the cross. My dear Pastor Nicholas, which is also my, one of my spiritual father, when um, I became a Christian, um, years ago i think it was what 2003 he gave me an assignment and the first assignment they gave me was this go and find out who you are in christ and uh i gotta be honest i spent a lot of time trying to figure out because it was a new thing for me i could not understand and grasp the concept of being accepted by jesus but just surrender my life to him 
But it wasn't just about surrender your life to him and accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It was understanding that everything that God owns belongs to you because of who you are in Christ. We are new creatures the Bible speaks of. We are heirs of the living God. We have called son and daughters. We call high priests. We are a royal priesthood mentioned in the book of Peter. And because of that, we have to remember every time that we are going through situation and, and, and things, traumas and difficulties and, and temptation and attacks of the enemy. We've got to remember that truth that who we are in Christ. Years ago, I was in my workplace and we uh, hired somebody else to come in and somebody else wanted to take my position. And she was doing a lot of schism behind my back and so on. And I was very discouraged. I was going to work like I was beaten. I was already beaten before I entered the door. And I went to speak to uh, Pastor Joseph. And he said to me, remember who you are in Christ. And when I began to study and remember who I was in Christ, I came into that workplace, my, high, my head high. I wasn't puffed up and no, because I knew that as I was walking into that place, I had angel beside me, behind me, and in front of me walking with it in that place. And when I understood that concept and began to walk in that place, everything began to change around me. Eventually, they found out the schism that she was playing around and she got sacked. I didn't pray for a sacking, but God did it. I'm telling you, you've got to remember, even here as we're listening, even the enemy cut at the internet so we can't speak the word. It's not stopping us. Nothing can stop us because of who we are in Christ. And we've got to remember that. The blood of Jesus brought a tremendous change. The enemy tried to kill Jesus because he fought by killing. He tried first of all to kill the bloodline, to stop the bloodline when he heard the prophecies. Then when Jesus was born, he tried to kill him when he was a baby, thinking that that would stop the plan. Then when Jesus became his ministry, he used the Pharisees and the Sadducees to get rid of him. Finally, when he got rid of him, he thought he wanted but what Jesus said when he finished, he said, it is finished. What he says, he said, the work of the enemy is finished, is done. I am taking over. And whoever believes me will take over with me. And that's what was taking place. God is love. And the greatest expressions of his love toward us was through the blood of Jesus. I said it. I said it. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. <laughs> Every time that we apply the blood of Jesus into our situation, we experience the outpouring love of God because it's because of the love of God that Jesus died on a cross. Let me ask you this question this morning. 
If one of us need a blood transfusion and only person that could do it was one of the young son, would you be willing to sacrifice that son even if it could be a high risk for him? Listen, I can't answer that question. I can't answer that I will get my son, Alexander, Jesse, even my daughter, Julian, to give blood to somebody knowing that they could die in the process. But God did not hesitate. And let me say something. No matter what we try, we can't match God's love toward us. That's why it's called unconditional love. Because we can't match it. Our human being, our capacity in terms of love is limited. You know, God's love, it's unconditional. It has no limits. And that's why Jesus died on the cross. Because his love was so unconditional toward us that he died. Listen, he could have said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with the, the human race. You know, let me create, you know, I don't know, another race, whatever. No. His love for us is so deep, so intense, so strong that he was willing to send his son to die on the cross for us. The number two, it bring us into the fellowship with God. Hebrew 10 verses 19 says this. Let me see if I can put it as a scripture. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. I mentioned it before. In the Old Testament, only the high priest could enter in the most holy place. The holy of the holies, people call it. Where the presence of God, the Shekinah glory, the presence of God was there. And he was only able to enter that place once a year. And in order to do that, he had to be totally covered in blood of animal. But when Jesus died, he opened the way for us. You see, the blood closed the gap between God and us. When, G when Adam sinned, he created a complete separation from God. When Jesus died, he created a reconnection and he closed the gap between us. It means that now we can now enter in intimate relationship with him because of the work. And when we think of fellowship, we are speaking about this intimacy, that intense closeness. Fellowship means closeness, friendship. And we have a friendship with the Father. And I said before that in the Garden of Eden, before the fall, Adam and Eve were experiencing a, strong, a very strong bond with God the Father, a strong fellowship until, until they sinned. And we seen it, and Alinette spoke it in the, in the book of Corinthians. When we doing communion, we fellowshipping with Jesus, you know, by associating with His death and resurrection. Number three. Those are the three things that the Lord has spoken to me. There's many other reasons why the precious blood, as precious blood, effective. But the one that I want to mention here. 
is healing. Healing through the blood of Jesus. Isaiah 53 verse 4 to 5 says this. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Hmm. By his stripes we are healed. The NIV version says this. Surely he took up upon our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. It was pierced from transgression, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. This scripture took me years to understand. It's one of the most profound scripture when it speaks of the healing power of God through the blood of Jesus. Um, according to some scholars, and I read this, maybe Pastor Nicholas and Pastor Mecca can confirm that to me. But it is said, and I, and when I read the scripture, this is what I understand. It is said that there were fair, five measure point from which Jesus shed his blood. Now we know that the number five is present God's grace and favor upon people. Like number seven speak of completion. Number five is grace in that sense. The five point that was shed, that Jesus shed blood were his back, his head, his hand, his feet and his side. When we think about those five places when jesus shed blood which five representation of the grace it just shows us the, the the work the marvelous work of jesus when it comes to redemption for human for mankind in that sense but his stripes we were healed this story is speak of when pilate ordered jesus to be scourged or to be beaten up or to be flagellated, what people speak about. According to some of the scholars, other scholars, this is what the scourge is. They said the scourge is a different from a whip. It is an indra-headed object with a thick handle and 39 long branches, with some dangerous objects like small stone or bones or metal fastened to the end of it. So what they will do, they will strip the prisoners face down, and they will unleash brutally this on his body and i think that when you look at the passion of the christ we see what was happening unfortunately some of the flesh would come out of the back of the body and blood would gush out of it and when jesus talking about that he was afflicted he was scorched. when he said the bible say he bore our grief and carry our sorrow in that scripture he speak of Every stripes that Jesus received was associated to every sickness, every disease, every affliction, 
every oppression and every suffering. And he took every sickness, every disease, every affliction, every oppression and suffering for everyone who believe in him. He paid the price with his blood, but every strap that is received were part of every affliction disease of mankind. It is said that it is said that the number of stripes that it received was in the region of 39 or 40 stripes, which represent different kinds of disease, suffering, pain, addiction. His blood brought healing to many of us. And we need to apply the blood of Jesus upon us. I know my time is running out, guys. And I'm sorry for that. But I want us to begin to pray. I want us to begin to pray and ask the Lord to continue to help us in this season. God has given us a tremendous power and authority on this earth. And I truly believe that it is time for us to begin to use it. It is time for us to begin to realize who we are in Christ and begin to activate what God has given us. Father, we just want to thank you this morning for the opportunity, Lord, to give us to be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And Lord, as we Look into how precious your blood is toward us. We want to thank you so much, Father. Thank you so much, Lord, for being given yourself up for us so we can have eternal life. We thank you, Father, Lord, that there is such a wonderful, wonderful plan and wonderful time that we'll be spending with you. As says in the book of Revelation in chapter 21 and 22, that you will create indeed a new earth and a new heaven and a new Jerusalem. Your words speak in the book of Revelation 21, 22, that there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more cry, no more hunger. Father, we pray this morning and ask you, we make ourselves available for you. We surrender ourselves to you and ask you to use us in whatever capacity you want to use us. Lord, we thank you as we continue to pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.